What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the third season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 3. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Doing so uh, helps grow our podcast, uh, and so we appreciate the help from our listeners. Today we are joined by a homemaker, former business owner, and volunteer. This person arrived in York in 1987, purchased a cleaning franchise with her husband. She and her husband operated that business for 11 years. This person is an avid volunteer of the community, so much so that she and her husband had the YPS Volunteer Award named after them. I'm very excited to have Jean Vincent with us today. Jean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited to have you today. Um, so first thing first, we're gonna have a little fun segment here to kind of get everyone loosened up. Um, so you're trapped on a desert island. What are three things that you would need to have with you? I started out with some things and decided, no, I really would want to get off the island and stop being there. So I came up with matches. Oh, yeah. A huge bunch of matches. Uh, he big uh, waterproof yes, matches yes, probably yeah. too. Yeah, and a knife so I can cut down some trees or whatever, and build fires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then also I found a radio that is a portable emergency solar dynamic AM FM LED flashlight charge power bank radio. And I thought, you know, I get a radio, so if I ever can find anybody to hear me, Yeah, I yeah. can contact somebody. No, that's, yeah. That, and I didn't pick a phone unless I could have the phone with the radio. The phone with the radio. It, it has to have both, yeah. Because, well, and the phone would hook up the radio and it would charge it. So mm-hmm. it's really a, a all cool All in one the, little in tool. One thing. So those are the three things I would do, assuming I would be rescued in quick time. In somebody quick time. would fly over and see a fire or something. No, definitely. That's uh, very logical. Yeah, that's definitely stuff that you would want to have to survive. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like a, a football, something to do or anything like that. I know. Like I that. gave up on books because I couldn't decide which book. You know, so. That would be something, yeah, yeah, a book or something to kind of pass the uh-huh. time. Or I would... paper, maybe paper, but I thought, no, I want to survive and get off the island. Definitely, so. definitely. Perfect, perfect. All right, so we'll jump right into our interview here. So you, it sounds like you grew up in Oakland, so talk to me a little bit about what it was like growing up in the Swede capital yeah. of Nebraska. There you go, you got it right. <laughs> Oakland is a great place to grow up, really a great little town, and it still is, although you know they lost a lot of Main Street, but it's just changed. But we had a very active community. We had a great school. At that time, it was just Oakland High School, and that was Craig. Um, you know, I had a great family, two sisters, both older than me, not very, by very much. My dad owned a grain lumber company with his brothers, and my mom was a homemaker. She had also been a teacher, English teacher, until she married. So my, my parents were always big on education. I mean, we just knew we'd go to college, you know, there mm-hmm. was no question. And we knew we'd go to the university, because my dad said, we support the university through taxes. Why wouldn't you go there? Yeah, where else are you? Okay, yeah, we're not Dad, going to... that's where we're going. But I, I loved it. But just growing up was wonderful. You know, you could walk around town. You knew everybody. 
we had a dog, Fred, who was Basset Beagle, who would just walk down the hill down to the cafe, go to the back door, <laughs> and the guy would give him some food to eat. Everybody knew Fred, so it was just a great town. Yeah, no, Very safe. For sure, for sure. Was there any um, activities, or I'm sure there was like a lot of home chores that you probably had around? What oh, kind of yeah. kept you busy throughout like oh, the well. summer times and the okay, school year? Okay, we played like touch football in our front yard, much mm-hmm. to my dad's chagrin. <laughs> the yard was always bad. But we played kick, kickball and baseball, even though it was a family of three girls. Mm-hmm. You know, we just neighborhood played all the time. It was before organized sports, which mm-hmm. was, in my opinion, a really good thing because mm-hmm. we just played. Yeah, you guys didn't have organization. It was yeah. Just, yeah, so we didn't need it. And my dad was really a great baseball player. So, you know, he loved that we played sports, even though he never had a son. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so actually an interesting side uh, story is he, I found a letter from the York Baseball League asking him to play for their semi-pro team. Oh my goodness, when yeah. When he was young, and yeah. he wanted to because he was really good, and his dad said, you don't play games for a living, you're working at the office. <laughs> so, you know, but that was the viewpoint. The, yeah, that was the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was a great dad, and we had a great mother, and we were always very close. No, that's great. No, that sounds like a great little upbringing there in, was. in Oakland. Yeah, yep. um, very similar probably town to York. Yeah, yeah, smaller, smaller. much smaller, 1,500. Mm -hmm. But yeah, still that that community that everybody loves and enjoys and is familiar with here in York. And so um, you knew you were going to go to UNL, Mm -hmm. and so um, talk to me a little bit about your decision. Yeah, just talk to me about your time there at UNL. Well, I went through Rush Week as a Mm -hmm. freshman. Both my sisters were Delta Gammas, and I also pledged Delta Gamma, and it was just a great decision. Uh, I have lifetime friendships that you know we've just been through thick and thin with each other at various times in our lives even though I didn't live here until we moved back to York I always corresponded with my friends and living at the DG house was just a second home and there were a lot of very accomplished women who were older than I so you know they really taught you a lot as how to be a successful person so I loved Delta Gamma I loved the university um, everything about it. Of course, I love Husker football. Mm-hmm. That's why I was a, a tassel, a colonel in a tassel when they had the pep club. And so we sat on the 50-yard line on oh, the yeah. east side. Mm-hmm. We sold the balloons. You know, we went to all basketball events, all of that stuff. So I loved, I loved being part of that. And I also loved being in organizations mm-hmm. um, throughout my college career and then had the honor of of being chosen to be a mortar board when I was a senior, junior, senior, so, and my sisters both were too. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a, a neat thing. Yeah, I was, you know, I went Greek as well. I was in mm-hmm. the DU house, Delta U Salon. My son was, yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, it's kind of, it's great to see that we had, I mean, different, we were definitely in school at very different times, but yes. we had exact same similar experiences, yeah. you know. Um, I joined activities because my organization yeah. pushed me to join yeah. uh, different activities and organizations, you know. Um, you know, DU pushed me to be a leader, DU taught me all the different yeah. other leaders that were in front of me. Like mm-hmm. you said, you know, they taught you, you know, what it what it, what success looks like right. and how to how to get there. 
um, and things like that. So I think that's incredible that you know you had that experience, and then you know so many years later I had that I exact same yeah, experience. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about that because it was a great experience, a growing experience. Mm -hmm. Certainly, certainly. And so you were an education major. How mm -hmm. did you find time to do your studies in between all these it was, activities? It was tough sometimes. Yeah. You know, I really was tough. Uh, a lot of late nights. Mm -hmm. Or early mornings, or not much sleep at all. Mm -hmm. And when you take, when you're a history, and his and English minor, you have a lot of reading. A lot of papers. A lot yeah. of papers. Mm -hmm. A lot of books to read. Most of which weren't all that <laughs> interesting <laughs> at that level. But I loved my history courses. Mm -hmm. Always did. So, you know, you just get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just That's have all. to. You yeah, have to. I mean, especially if you want to enjoy those activities. Yeah. <laughs> and because the most important thing is going to class. And mm -hmm. at that time. You wore dresses. Mm -hmm. There was a tire for... You did for... not wear jeans okay. to, to class. You didn't wear slacks. You wore dresses. And when I student taught, I had to wear heels. You know, You'd be lucky to teach. find some students these days in jeans. I, have, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and we uh, student taught, two of us, taught at University High in their last year mm -hmm. of existence. So that was quite an experience. Too. And University High was just... Was it just east of the campus? No, or no, it was right on campus. Right on it campus. It was like where the teachers' college teachers building college was. is now. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was a really great experience too, teaching there. Um, yeah, I just can't say enough about the university. Mm -hmm. And I had some excellent history professors, hard ones, mm -hmm. really hard, but you know, really good. Was uh, what was your influence to become an education major? Was it just because of the limited options during the time, no, or did I think you always, always want to be? I always wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I loved helping my best friend in high school. She had trouble in some classes. I just lo always loved it. We always played school in the summertime, mm -hmm. all three mm -hmm. of us. You know, so there was nothing else I think I would have done. But now, now I might have gone into like sports information or something like that. Sports management yeah, or some sort of that sports related. Because yeah. our son was, you know, he worked in sports information when he was in college. And I thought, oh, that would be. That sounds exactly hard work, like. Yeah, but it would yeah. be fun. Yeah, that sounds like right up your I mean, everything with everything you do for a cornerstone. Yeah, I love sports. Baseball, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Certainly, certainly. But I love teaching. I really did. And so, yeah, with that love for teaching, you found yourself at Lincoln Northeast mm -hmm. for a few, for, it looks like six, six years, years there. Um, so talk to me a little bit about um, landing at Lincoln Northeast. Okay. Did you have any other options? Was oh, there anywhere else that you wanted to go? Or I guess, how did you land there? <laughs> well, okay, somewhat naive. The summer before, after I graduated, I lived with my sister in an apartment before she got married. And my dad just kept saying, well, now, are you going to look? Because my best friend and I had looked other places for jobs, just kind of for fun. We went to Hartford, Connecticut, and we went to several places in New York and interviewed. In Hartford, we got there and we walked up to the school and it had like a fence around it and a gate before you could get into the school. And we looked at each other and went, mm hmm. And we got in for the interview, and the principal said, I see that you student taught at a university high school in Lincoln, Nebraska. Would you be prepared if, and then he'd say, this happened in class, what would you do? I mean, these are horrible things. <laughs> we went, <laughs> he said, you know, I think you're well qualified, but I think you aren't fit for a school like this. I mean, it was a tough place. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so we decided he probably didn't want to go anywhere else. And she got a job at Southeast oh, great. teaching English. Yeah. So we came back and I didn't have a job because we hadn't applied right away. So 
I was working at the library commission at the top of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. They thought I was brilliant because I could alphabetize <laughs> the card catalogs. I don't the Dewey Decimal. That. Yeah, yes, yeah. it was like that was my job. So my dad kept saying, "Well, are you worried about not having a job in the fall?" And I said, "Oh no, I'm sure I'd get one." The day before school started is when I got my job at Northeast because someone had just quit as a history teacher, and it was world history, which had not really been my expertise. Not your wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had taken some classes, so I took the job and and uh, read up on world history and read faster than my students, so <laughs> I know more than they did on a particular day, and I wrote down the uh, Pledge of Allegiance before my first day because I thought, what if I forget it? Because we had to say it. Yeah, yeah. I what was if just I terrified. just miss the, yeah. Yes, so I had that written down. And, but I tell you, Northeast was, that was the heyday of Northeast, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Ed Johnson was the basketball coach. Oh, right, yeah. You know, classic. Uh, Ed Art Bauer was the football coach. Uh, Barry Alvarez was there for a short time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and they had this connection with Husker football. You know, they are on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. and in the press box and all kinds of things and Sullivan from uh, Husker's son Greg went to Northeast so it was just it was a great time to be there mm -hmm. yeah and, so yeah you were surrounded by a lot of great yeah a lot of great and mm -hmm. yeah yeah Ed Johnson was just he was just across the hall from me and he was the nicest nicest man just uh, I had Maury Damcoker as one of my students mm -hmm. my favorite students <laughs> And Maury was a sophomore and was really a great athlete. And Ed kept coming over to me. I'm going to check in with you, you know, every once in a while to make sure he's not getting a big head because he's such a good athlete. <laughs> and he was a good student, too. So, you know, it was just a great atmosphere for a big school in particular. And then I had the Spanish teacher there who had been my best friend, or my oldest sister's best friend in high school. So it was like having a friend there. You know, mm -hmm. it was just a lot of fun. And she and I ended up going to Mexico with some Spanish students one summer. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah nice It was interesting. Trip. Yeah, I'm sure it was an interesting <laughs> <By> trip. <bus. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Very warm, probably. Yeah, oh, it was bus. warm, and, yeah, <laughs> among other things, yeah. But it was a great experience. And uh, I don't know, Northeast was just a great place to be at that time. It's changed a lot, mm -hmm. I've heard. But I just was told recently that they're going to use it in a different way when the new high schools build out north, mm -hmm. which makes me happy. Yeah, they're going to build up, I think, two more schools. Mm -hmm. I think, in, one in north, weekend. one south. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but again, it was a great experience. I was PEPCO sponsor, which I loved. And you did it, of course, for no money. Then mm -hmm. just did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, it, you know, so we did dances and all that. So I got to know some of the older kids and didn't have, I had sophomores. Like Kent Pavelka was at Northeast. Okay, yeah. And um, let's see, somebody else. Well, several people that I've seen stories about since then think, oh, yeah, he was there. But they were mostly, they were juniors and seniors, the ones that I've, I've read about and so on. So it was a good school, good, good families uh, who support education. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, during that time, I mean, did that part of Lincoln grow quite a bit I don't know, over those six years? I mean, well, or was that kind of a stagnant part of Lincoln? Yeah, I was, yeah. Northeast hadn't, didn't grow that much because that that part of town is all kind of new. Mm -hmm. you know? And the other th interesting thing is, you know, we've had two books now about Tech and Central basketball and state basketball. Well, Northeast was 
at state basketball always. Yep, yep. And one of the scariest situations was when we played, I think it was Tech, we had to move the game to Lincoln to the Coliseum in the afternoon because there was a lot of trouble in Omaha. And so we walked in with the pep club girls and told them, you are not to look either way. You are not to say anything to anybody. You go in, you sit down, you cheer for our team, you stand up, and then we lose. Mm -hmm. And there That's were it. a few little fights during those basketball games. It was real kind of scary, mm -hmm. really. But Some skirmishes, yeah. It was an experience, <laughs> for sure. So talk to me a little bit about how you met your husband, Jack. Um, you guys got married in 1972, uh -huh. but how did you guys meet? Okay, he was teaching ROTC at the university. Mm -hmm. That was his assignment. And he happened to meet a friend of mine uh, from college on the golf course. And this friend of mine who was a teacher, art teacher, at Lincoln East, and his wife was a DJ with me, was always worried about me because I didn't have a boyfriend. <laughs> um, so he, he met Jack and said, you know, do you want to play with us? And so they played. And after that, he said, do you play bridge? And Jack said, yeah. He said, well, okay, come to my house on this night. And then he called me and he said, you're coming over to play bridge. And this guy I met is coming too. So he introduced us. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. That funny? Yeah. Just, just happened. I don't know. <laughs> just happened. A small world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you guys got married in 1972. Mm -hmm. um, Jack was in... Uh, Army. Army at the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he was then a captain. Captain. And then talk to me a little bit about um, you know after you guys got married. It seems like you traveled a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about okay. that, that travel there. We married in June of '72, and my dad had passed away in April of '72. So that was really hard. A tough time. Yeah. And then we had to go to Germany right away, and it was really hard to leave my mother. Mm -hmm. It was really, 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 really hard to do that. Um, and our first place in Germany was, uh, he worked with the Belgians with missiles, and the Americans were in charge of the uh, warhead, and the Belgians took care of the rest of the missiles. So there was, there was this big, what they called the concern, where everybody lived, all the uh, other Americans lived except us, because Jack was in charge of that, and the, the person that he replaced had a German wife who wanted to live on the economy. So they had an apartment in this other town. So that's the apartment we moved into. And everybody else was here, and Jack's work was here, and here was our apartment. <laughs> and I knew zero. I mean, we knew zero people there. Yeah. It was like, and so I did a lot of drawing of pictures to try and tell them what I was trying to buy. Cause, and then shopping. Uh, on com in commissaries and PXs, and the closest one was two and a half hours in Holland. Oh my goodness. So I would drive two and a half hours and get supplies, and then you come to the border and they check to see if you had anything you weren't supposed to have, like too many cigarettes, too much meat. You can only buy a certain amount of... Yes, you oh, could. Oh my goodness. And so sometimes you might hide some things way in the back of your trunk and hope oh. they weren't going to look through everything. They're not as thorough so, as yeah, yeah, some other please, ones. Yeah, please, you <laughs> Be a lazy one. Yeah, so so then, I mean, it was, you know, it was just a pain in the neck. And mm -hmm. then in our apartment, our refrigerator was about maybe four feet high. That was it. So to drive two and a half hours to shop and then come home, we thought, okay, we have to buy a freezer. So I had, thank heavens, we got a freezer. And then everything froze. I didn't care if it was supposed to or not. not yeah, it was getting froze. It was getting frozen, yeah. <laughs> And then the hard part was then David was born when we lived there. Okay. And so 
he was born in the British hospital south of where we were because we didn't have a hospital or anything, you know, so, so um, I can't remember how far that was. That was maybe 45 minutes south. I don't remember now. But um, I walked in and the British doctor said, my year old to be having your first child. And that was my introduction oh, to it. <laughs> I went, oh, <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> so, you know, we were nervous about getting there mm -hmm. in time when I had to go. So that was another interesting experience, totally interesting experience. Um, Next morning after I had David up exercising, doing sit-ups and everything. Come on, girls. You have to serve yourselves. You have to serve your food. You have to clean up. It was like, oh, gosh. You got to take care of yourself now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. did the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So that was interesting. That was hard to have a baby. Yeah. Nobody Overseas. saw him. Yeah. Nobody in my family saw him. Nobody got two. Oh my, yeah. Yeah, that was really, that was very hard too. But, and then that time, you didn't just call people, you know. I mean, to call overseas was very expensive. Yeah. And you had to go to the post office to do so. And so, rarely did we ever call. Yeah. And a lot I, of letters and a lot. Yeah, of a lot of letters. Thank heavens, my best friend from college would send me books all the time. I mean, that was my lifesaver. Mm -hmm. Letters from my friends and books to read, because um, we had, like, we had a TV. And the two shows we could get that we could understand <laughs> were McMillan and Wife yep. once a week and Columbo once a week. Otherwise, everything Otherwise else was, was all German. TV, all so yeah, yeah. And we didn't get, we did not get the BBC in that first place we were. So so. I guess yeah, you might have been able to try and get some some sort of Britain yeah. network or I, something. Yeah. I know we did, but that in those years you just didn't. So no, we yeah, really I mean, isolated, mm -hmm. you know. Then the second place was across the country, but still in Germany, and at least we were in the same apartment complex as other Americans, so that was better. You started to yeah build really small yeah. relationships. Yeah, so at least there yeah. were you know some people to play bridge with. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then we from Germany then. Um, we came back to the States and Jack had an assignment at Milperson, the Military Personnel Center in Alexandria. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we found a, play, a house to buy in Oxenhill, Maryland, just across the river because there, we had no post to, to live on, so we had to buy our own house. So we lived there. Davis um, was in preschool there, barely in preschool there. And then Carrie was born at Andrews Air Force Base when we were there. So um, then after that, let's see, then we went to Norfolk for just like from January through. So you're only in June. Washington for like a year, no, 18 no, months? or uh, three years. Three years yeah. in Washington? And then Norfolk was just a school, so it was just, you know, January through June, I think. And uh, that school then, oh, that was my softball career. We had a, <laughs> a wide softball team. Oh, that was fun. fun. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, and then as we were packing up to leave there, we've gotten our assignment, which true to form was way across the country, <laughs> Fort Worth, California. Yep. And the movers we were very we were very suspicious of them because they started wrapping candles and things. And I said, no, you can't, you can't do that. That's dangerous. I mean, they just didn't 
know, I think, what they were doing. Because they had so many people moving at the same time. They were just... They just hired people off the streets, I know, <laughs> to come in and pack. And I said to Jack, I said, you know, I'm really nervous about this thing. So we got to Fort Ord. We drove and stopped in Nebraska to see family. And then we drove on to Fort Ord, and our stuff wasn't there. And it was supposed to have been there. And it wasn't there, and it wasn't there. And Jack finally went down to transportation, and they said, well, we think your stuff was also in this big warehouse that had a fire. Oh, no. And they think it was arson, and I'm sure it was. And the sad thing was the stuff that we had taken with us to Norfolk were the special things because everything else was in storage in Washington, D.C., and I thought, well, I don't trust there for sure. Yeah. You know, how dumb of me. Mm-hmm. So like my dad's desk when he was a little boy, those things. So many priceless things. A hutch that, a hutch that my mom had found that people had brought in a covered wagon over to, to Nebraska. Yeah. That was gone. Well, all the All those timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Baby books. So, so many, my poor kids, I, mean, I have no idea who did what when. when? Sorry. <laughs> Blame the army. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was that's how I spent my first year in Fort Ord. I oh had to go goodness. through line by line, try to remember everything that was in every drawer. I mean, it was I'm sure you, could, yeah, you had to file some sort of insurance claim with well, Blake or yeah, whatever. Yeah, or yeah we had, um, yeah, we, we had insurance and then the army had insurance. So... We submitted the claim, and I was honest. I'm telling you, I had to find if I had a Frank Sinatra album, I had to find out how much what it would be what worth. it would be worth. All of that. So I mean, it it's tedious. It's I've heard tedious, about that, and yeah. it just took hours and hours and hours with two little kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we submitted it, and we ended up getting six hundred and some dollars. Um, and I'm sure you submitted a little bit higher than that. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I went down to the Jag Corps. I said, why? Why is the army getting this money? Well, we're the ones that contract with the company. I said, but it's our stuff. I will never get over that yeah. as long as I live. That see, that doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. So no. you know, and you lose things like my class ring. I lost. Yeah. You know, just things that you can't. You can't ever replace. Yeah, yeah. Jack lost a ring that was his grandpa's, and it didn't matter how much it was worth. No. Yeah. Uh, it could have been worth a dollar. And yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, we were there for three years. We had a, a good neighbors right next door, really good neighbors. Uh, they were from Tennessee mm-hmm. originally, and they played bridge. So, and they had two girls, so we'd play bridge oh, yeah, together. Oh sure, yeah, nice yeah, and all the kids would be together, so that was fun. And then just a block over, there were uh, there was a family of two boys and a girl, close to David and Carrie's age, and so that would be at David's age. It was the first time that he really could go to somebody's house to play, you know, to play and get a little freedom. So that was, it was hard to leave there mm-hmm. because he had friends. He was starting to, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, Carrie was just a little younger, but she had a friend too. So so then, true to form, we went way across the country I was again. Say, yeah, you went from coast to coast to coast. Coast to coast, yeah. I said, yeah, they know I'm from Nebraska. They just want us to go over <laughs> Keep it. Keep flying over. Yes. Look, there it is. Yeah. Or, or those times, did you probably drive from oh, coast we, to coast? Yeah, or we, did drove. You, we always yeah. drove. But yeah. those were some long trips, yeah, yeah especially yes. as you started to grow the family. And, and we had yeah. two dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who rode with us. That was interesting. And um, on the way to Fort Dix, I'll never forget this. I guess I just, we weren't just aware. David was really quiet in the back of the car. And as it turns out, by the time we got there, 
we took him right to the clinic because he was just burning up and then we sat and waited when Jack was with me and he, he said I can't believe I said oh yes we always have to wait like this I'm glad you're here <laughs> and he was furious so it turns out David had pneumonia oh no mm -hmm. So that was our introduction to poor Davis. <laughs> you've had you've had quite the introductions yes, to every yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we lived in just a smaller area on on the post and everybody else there, they were all lieutenant colonels and all our kids were about the same age, which is unusual because we were kinda of old dad kids, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know. So that was a nice place to be. And Fort Dix is is in the part of New Jersey that reminded me of Nebraska. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a little totally, more rural. Yeah, yeah, totally different from northern New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had some interesting events there too. <laughs> we were there for three years. No, three years there. Yeah. Jack was trying, wanted to get an ROTC post, and we missed the University of Nebraska by a year. It oh. had been filled a year before. So we got Ames, Iowa, okay. so close, mm -hmm. and I could mm -hmm. actually drive home. You could go, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So we were there for three years, and then he decided to retire because then he was on the colonel's list, but that would have meant that, that he would have to, he or we would have to go to Korea. Mm -hmm. And we said, we don't want our kids to have to go to school Over there. in Korea and never have a home, never yeah. have a place to be. Yeah, not have anything to call home. Yeah. yeah. So Ever. that's when he decided to retire from the Army and didn't know what we were going to do, didn't know where we were going. So I wrote letters to like York and Fremont and Columbus, Lincoln, Omaha, um, maybe a couple others in this part of Nebraska, about that size. So anyway, just to see what would be available to purchase. But Jack didn't know what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so I uh, heard back from. York because my cousin was Jack Holmquist who was with York State Bank at the time. Okay, yeah, he, nice he connection. The, I think he was the chamber president. He walked into the chamber office and and asked the secretary, "What are you doing?" So I'm writing this letter to Jean Vincent. He said, "Well, that's my cousin, I think." <laughs> <laughs> so he called us right away. He said, "York's a great place. These are five or seven businesses that are either openly for sale or might be for sale, if you're interested. Yeah. Come out and see the town. And so we did and decided to buy Service Master of those choices. I guess, how did you decide on, uh, I guess, were there, what were there, I guess, maybe that you remember the other well, choices? One was a sports shop, which mm -hmm. I thought, I thought really sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. That would have been fun. Yeah. But iffy I mean you know it's no guarantee yeah I mean no guarantee retail that like that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the I just don't remember the others because I didn't pay that much attention to the others and Service Master was a going business Dale Euchner was the owner mm -hmm. you know really great guy um, so we decided on that even though Jack had no experience in that area at He'd all never done it never done it no so we bought the building downtown and we built the garage first we moved into this house mm -hmm built the garage with the heater in it so he used all the service master stuff in the garage until, until he had the building downtown place. yeah yeah so then he ran that for 11 years and i didn't do very much with the business mm -hmm. you know at the beginning he said well maybe you could be the bookkeeper <laughs> so the first night <laughs> he said well you have to do this and then i said jack i've never had bookkeeping why can't you just run it like a checkbook 
And he just looked at me and said, well, get someone else to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just yes. money coming in, money know, going out. Right. What are you that's talking about? That's I thought about it. So <laughs> anyway, I did do, you know, some washing of stuff. And mm-hmm. when there were disasters, like the Romars mm-hmm. had a big fire disaster. So mm-hmm. I helped them wash all and would bring it home and wash it all. Wash all the stuff, get yeah. everything. Yeah. Try to get the smoke out yes. as best yeah. as well. Yeah. The first year out. we lived on High Street mm-hmm. because yeah, it was the only couple. place to rent. Mm-hmm. And um, Jack finally found it because he came first because David was playing baseball in Ames because they had summer baseball. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, Jack came first and well, he said he had a hard time finding a place to rent, which I think is still a problem in New York. Mm-hmm. It's still tough to find yeah. any places to rent. Yeah. And so he found this house and the people had owned some birds and had let them fly around in the house. Oh, yuck. Yuck. So he used his service master expertise and cleaned it all up. Then we moved here. Oh, great. From Ames. I, the kids and I and the dog. <laughs> Loaded up the car. And Loaded up the car. Let's go, yeah, everyone. Again. Yeah, yeah. So then we found this house. And just Our realtor said, you know, I think, I think they might be moving because I think he's going to take a new job. And it was a family of a girl that was actually in David's class, David's age. And so we went, came and looked at it, got to look at it once, and came back and talked about it. And I loved it because I, you know, I, that was my house in Oakland in that period. Oh, yeah, on, over there. On yeah. The wall, yeah. So anyway, then uh, we decided to buy it, and I have loved it ever since. We've done a lot to the house, but, you know, it's been a, a thing of love, So this I guess. has been, the, I guess, second home, second and only home that you lived in here in New York? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I always forget how long it's been. You mm-hmm. know? So that was a great thing, and it was a great thing for our kids to go to York schools. Carrie was in sixth grade when he moved here. David was in eighth. David was in eighth. So we got to go through all of high school yeah. here. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Hard time to move in eight. Well, hard, both of those. Any of time. Yeah, middle school's hard for time girls, to go away. Girls middle school, sixth, seventh grade is really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. And eighth grade for boys is hard. Yeah, I mean, you're just getting ready to go to high school. Yeah. I mean, you and, and your friends have all friends these plans. Together, yes. yeah. yeah. We're going to graduate yeah. together. Yeah. But David's class was really. Really welcoming, mm-hmm. you know, great guys, kind of naughty boys, but I loved them all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. And he was, what class was he? What, what year did he graduate? 92. 92? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they just did a lot of good stuff together, you know. So when you um, sold the Service Master franchise mm-hmm. in 1998, mm-hmm. were there any plans to leave the community no. or anything no, like no. that? No. He was just tired of just you know, done with hard it. work. Mm-hmm. Very hard work. And getting to people work for you was very difficult too. Mm-hmm. So, no, so he then took over as manager of the townhouse apartments. Mm-hmm. Did that for I don't know how many years. No, no we never had intentions to leave or anything no. like that. No, uh-uh. this is. Uh-uh. So what what about what about York has made you want to stay here for so long? Oh uh, well, guess. for the people, mm-hmm. the schools. You know, at the beginning for sure of the schools, and then as I said, David's class had a lot of really fun fun families. Mm-hmm. You know, Margaret Brink was the first person oh. I met. Here. Oh great, yeah. So you know, very welcoming, and then Carrie had the Perlmans were good friends of ours, and Sarah was in Carrie's class. You know, so they had a really good relationship that was good her class was a little tough mm-hmm. so <laughs> as girls can be <laughs> um, <laughs> and just the location I like living across from the park you mm-hmm. know just baseball all of those things are just 
you know, the recreation available, and especially now, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. York is just a nice community, friendly people, lots of bridge players. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, mean, I know you guys have, yeah, quite the club, yeah, to get yeah, together. We, I yeah, mean, we love bridge. I learned bridge. Well, my parents, my grandma, everybody played bridge in those days. And mm-hmm. then at the university, we always would hear on the intercom, fourth for bridge, you know, before dinner, or yeah. <laughs> when we were tired of studying, we'd sit in the hall and play. So it's just been a way of life. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And the library. You know, I was on the library, Friends of the Library, when we started it. Mm-hmm. And so that's all of that stuff. It's just what I love. So, yeah. Um, I mean, when did you get into volunteer? I mean, did you get into Friends of the Friends of the Library um, right when you moved here? Well, or was it a few years? Or Probably a few years. I just I don't quite remember. When, when we kind of started that, I don't know. It was like Linda Perlman and me and Jereen Brew, Laurie Sutter, who's in it when I was. Mm-hmm. You know, and they used to live just two houses down from mm-hmm. us. So I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. how long it was. Yeah. You know? And then I, I thought about working like part-time at the school. Marilyn McCluskey asked if I'd work at the library at the high school. And I thought, I don't want to be there when my kids are there. Yeah, I don't I want to deal with. Want I don't to. want to be that person. Yeah, I don't yeah. want them because they think I was watching. You know, I don't are know. they are they spying on? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I don't know how long it didn't take very long to get involved with things. Mostly through when you have kids in school, it's easy to get involved in the community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you meet people right away. Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful. What were some of those other beginning like volunteer things that you kind of jumped into and gravitated towards? Oh, well, uh, booster club and just helping with it. In, you know, I was on the booster board starting in 93, maybe. I can't remember now. I just always help though because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just my thing. I yeah. just love doing That's that. That's what you like to do, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that through school. And then in the middle school, I we had a little group talking about getting involved and I went to those meetings for a while until it just kind of it never really turned into anything at the middle school area um I don't know just always saying I'll volunteer and help and you know the church being a bible school teacher at the church and that kind of thing just normal things that are easy to get into easy to get about PEO mm-hmm. I joined a PEO group What's I had PEO? been uh, it's well, it's an educate women's educational okay. organization, and I was I was in it when I was uh, graduating from high school in Oakland. Mm-hmm. My mom was, and so I was, but I never was active because we moved around so much. Right. So right. when we came here, I kind of reactivated that, and I'm still in PEO now. Um, after prom party, I worked on that. Oh yeah. Before my kids great. were in high school, so or before they were juniors anyway. Was a junior. Um, we had the first one we had was down at at North Office York Printing. No, oh, okay. In yeah. the basement. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen how big. Yeah, their back uh-huh. area is. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could. So I saw that through many years. I mean, I'm sure I saw decorations from that somewhere. In my house, you know, <laughs> there's a box somewhere. We used somewhere. to have a casino. Yeah. I mean, and then then I met Sally Sheep, who's one of my was one of my dear friends. Mm-hmm. And Sandy Stair, and I mean, we just had a great group. Dave Suits, those casino West night Tenyus. things are kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just had a great group on the booster board. That's probably one of my favorite things I've done in York, is mm-hmm. that, you know. So, and then I just started like doing homecoming car signs and homecoming locker signs, just 
just because to do yeah, yeah. Cause I love to do mm-hmm. artwork stuff so great no, that's, that's what I do <laughs> yeah that's a lot of different kind of things that you kind of kept involved with and everything like that um, talk to me a little bit about your family because that's another I mean big part of your life okay, that kept you yes. very busy oh, I'm sure yeah. as well yeah. so talk to me a little bit about David and Carrie okay about you know um, okay, David, and where they are now okay. and everything David went to university major in journalism mm-hmm. and then uh, continued, got his master's in business, MBA. Um, he worked at Sports Information, which I said, when he was at the university. He was at DU. He started in the Daily Nebraska when he first got there, and he said, I, he said, I just can't devote that time at night to it if I'm going to study. Mm-hmm. So, so he didn't continue with that. Um, had a great time in Sports Information. It was hard work, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but... He learned a lot there, I think. Oh, Brian, what was his name at the university? For? Bryant. I can't think of his first name. It's not Bill. Anyway, he was still at the in the uh, public information office, and he had a lot of pull. And so when David graduated, he went out to the Olympic Training Center. No fun. Yeah, out in Colorado there? Yeah, yeah. so he worked there for a while. And then, you know, he... He didn't want to stay in journalism, he didn't think. So then he got his master's in business. Then he got a job at Warner Trucking. Oh, yeah. Cool. And then he went down to the Phoenix office to be in charge of something down there. And he, he decided he really didn't want to stay in transportation. And I was sad that he was so far away. Mm-hmm. So then he started working for GE. Yep, General Electric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a group of them at GE got were very dissatisfied with the way GE just how everything was going on. Yes, and so one of those people broke away and decided to go with Electrolux. So he wanted David to join him. Wanted David to join him, and David said, "Oh, I don't know." And so David then married down there a girl he met down there, and then they went to Dallas. He was still with GE, and this guy was still saying, come work for me. Come on over. Yeah. yeah, so he finally did. He went to work for Electrolux in uh, North Carolina, and he was there. He was like the head of uh, all of the country for working with builders, so he had to deal with builders all over. did a lot of traveling. You know, there are upsides to it, but then they had kids. Yeah, when you're mo- constantly moving and traveling, yeah, yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. So he did, made that decision to get out of that and to come back to Lincoln and bought a franchise in Granite Garage Floors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which totally out of his... Out of what well, he was doing you know, as well, yeah. His dad had done the same thing. And one of them from college had the franchise in Kansas City and one has it in Denver. So again, college connections... Helped him, yeah. Helped him, you know. So, you know, I think he's in business is doing pretty well right now. Good, good. And then Carrie um, went to went, had a great instructor for student teaching. Great, they she loved him, and he encouraged people to kind of go out and see other areas. So she student taught down in the Kansas City area, and they liked her. wanted to hire her as a long term sub, and so then she just stayed there, and then she got a job teaching sixth grade reading language arts. I know she's a wonderful teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then they had one child, and she still taught, and they had two, and she still taught, and then they had the third one. Just Can't two, manage that. Yeah, to get three kids in that area going hither and gone, you know, trying trying to get them everywhere it was too much, so she decided to stay home. 
and she now she did work for a builder, a woman and her husband builder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did a lot of the shopping for him and setting up houses and talking to clients, and then has since changed from that. And now she she still works at home, but she works for well she does photography on her own. She's kind oh, of taught herself yeah. how to do that, mm -hmm. and then she works for. I don't even know what kind of agent. I guess a marketing agency. Mm -hmm. She'll write things for different write the marketing. copy. Yeah, the copy and and try to set up marketing for companies. Oh, great! So she's cool. so busy. Yeah, I mean that's one of the great ones that you can do from like yes. a home office and yeah. things like that because they'll send you. All right, this is what we need done. Yes, you can yeah. go take pictures if you need it. Do yeah. what, all your images. Because yeah. yeah. she said you know her priorities are children. So. Yeah. And and our oldest granddaughter. Laura is going to be a freshman this year in high school. Oh my goodness, yeah, you're going to have graduations yeah, coming up. And she has Quinn, who's going to be in seventh grade, and Holly is going to be in fourth grade. And then David has Emily, who's also going to be in fourth grade. So she and Holly are three months apart. That's a lot of fun. That's really nice, yeah. yeah. So and I'm then sure the they youngest get, yeah. is Ma there, Matthew, who's five. Five. Going to start kindergarten. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so that's fun. We had our, we did our attic was just an attic, you know, for thirty years, with boxes that we had moved stuff in and all the toys <laughs> and everything. So finally, we turned it into a big room, and I emptied all Carpet the boxes, washed everything. every toy. We have every Fisher Price toy you could ever imagine <laughs> from nineteen ninety yes. to two thousand two. They're all in perfect condition for my kids. You know, I washed every little person, every. So we put them all up there, and the kids just love it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah a really little play cool. space for them all. Yeah, yeah. So and it can change as they get older. as they get older. You yeah. put we have Barbies, we have GI Joes, we yep. have Star Wars. You know, yep. whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> that's really cool. That's a neat little play yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, it is. And they probably want to come over here they and see do, that. Yeah, yeah. the five-year-old comes in. Grandma, can I go to the attic? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so he just say hello. Up there. Say yeah, yep, yep, he loves we'll it. Go up. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, so one of the big things that you've been volunteering with, you know, here in the community, and it's probably, you know, you touched on education as being, you know, a huge priority for you and everything like that was school board. Mm -hmm. And so you got involved with school board after your first, uh, after David graduated. Um, and what, after Carrie. And after too. Carrie graduated yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what kind of was your decision to get involved with, um, you know, the education and school okay. board at that time? Well, I, I mean, always, wherever we were, I always loved working at schools, mm -hmm. you know, I love teaching, love working at schools, and Scott Weeding had recommended, he said, why don't you just run for school board? Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about it, and I said, okay, I did. So mm -hmm. I just did, to be continue to be involved in schools and in education. It's just it's, that next step, and, yeah, you know. Yeah, the next because it's, it's so important to me and everybody, it should be important to everybody. Certainly. You mm -hmm. know, especially this day and age. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading the book Grant, which is a real eye-opener, because as a history teacher, there are so many things in it I didn't know, because, you know, you just can't, you can't know, all know everything this. about everyone. But the situation now is nothing compared to the situation as it was after the Civil War. And there were, you know, there was such progress made then. Mm-hmm. That they had the vote, they were running, they were serving in legislatures, the black population, and then it just fell apart because, well, to be frank, the Democrats took over. It was the Republicans that were the abolitionists. Isn't that mm -hmm. interesting? Yeah. Totally different than you think of now, that that the perspective is now. Anyway, so I'm 
I'm really learning it out from that book. But history is so important that people know the facts. Why would you ruin a statue of Fred, Frederick Douglass? Yeah, yeah, that makes no sense. Do you know who he was? You mm -hmm. know, so it's really important to me. And mm -hmm. I, I, you asked about a change. I think we have, by moving history to part of social studies, I think we've lost a lot of time where we could teach more than just barely basic. Yeah, instead of glossing over mm -hmm. stuff, we can actually mm -hmm. get into the weeds a yeah, little bit. Yeah, because you can't teach American history in one year. There's no way. Mm -hmm. If you had two years you could in high school. Mm -hmm. You could maybe touch on quite touch a few. Touch on more because mm -hmm. there's things you can't cover when they're like in grade school or middle school that we wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just not going to get the concepts, yeah. the background, yeah. any of so that. So I've mm -hmm. always said that. I really wish American history would be a two-year course. Mm -hmm. So that I think that has changed. I think, and then you had some history teachers say, well, they don't need to learn dates or anything because, you know, they can look them up. And I maintain, mm -hmm. if you don't know the difference between the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, how are you going to look anything up? Yeah, well, how are you, you know? going to know where to start? Yeah. yeah. You know, when, I mean, my generation, we had to memorize dates, and I still remember those charts we made for ourselves. The timelines, yes, and you had to put who everything went here, where. Who discovered this, and because it gives you a sense of, of you can place things. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I think that's been a big change in it. I don't think you need to know the exact date, but you should know that it's between 1780 and 1790 yes, that yeah, this happened. Somehow, yes. The French Revolution happened yeah. sometime in that yes, period. What happened first? Because that. You know, what happened next depends on what happened first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, so that perspective what... is pretty darn important. So that's that's how I feel about something that's changed in a, a negative way. Uh, positively, there's more emphasis on early childhood education, which is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As long as we remember that, that children still need to play. Yeah, yeah. They still got to be able to create yeah. that social. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you don't, yeah, you don't need to force it on either. I mean, you just need to make sure that they get the opportunities to learn mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that fits their age and their abilities. Certainly. You know? And it's, it's exciting to see, yeah, the growing emphasis, like you said, on, on early childhood yeah. because they're starting to see that, you know, the, the earlier that you can get to these kids mm -hmm. and get them mm -hmm. learning some stuff, mm -hmm. you know, it, it has dividends, you know, as they mm -hmm. get further on down in their mm -hmm. lives. And, so. and, you know, the families are so different now. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a mom who was home, a dad who would come home at 530 and who to whom education was very important. Mm -hmm. So just learning was an ex expectation. And boy, you don't see that. Yeah, those three things that you just said aren't always mm -hmm. a guarantee, mm -hmm. you know, these days. I know. Yeah. I know. It. So, yeah, somebody has to do it. But then you run into the danger, which I think we have, that schools are expected to be everything. Mm-hmm. All to things solve for all, all the people. problems. Mm -hmm. And that's not right either. Yeah. You, that's too much weight to be laid on to one it institution is. to and solve. And taking too much responsibility off the student mm -hmm. and off the parents. You know, so I think one of my ancestors said, or I think Jack's, I think Jack's grandpa said, um, let's see, it's up to, to teachers to teach and parents to show their children how to act, mm -hmm. character, that type of thing. And I, I agree with that. Very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I was just, you know, writing up a, I think an application for a grant and it was like, I don't look 
it was for a bowling thing, and it's like, I don't want great bowlers. Wow, it's great that I have great bowlers. I want coachable bowlers. Mm-hmm. You know, I want yes. people that show up and listen and take the input that I give mm-hmm. them, and then they can apply it and try to better themselves. Yes, yeah. You know, and that's the same thing with students. You know, you want students that come to the classroom that want to be attentive. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to be perfect all the time right. because that's kids. They're not going to be perfect all the time, but... It, they should want to kind of, you know, have a positive attitude about right. things. You just want them to want to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's beyond me that somebody doesn't want to learn something. Yeah. There's got to be something that interests you yeah. and that I can pull that and turn it into something yeah. else. Yeah. I know. And I know that's hard because as a world history teacher, my first year of teaching. <laughs> that's probably the wor- one of the, the worst assistant, classes. Yes. Yeah. It was required. And so the <laughs> assistant principal walked in in my seventh period class and looked around and he said, how did you get these people all in the same class? Because they were a row, I'll never forget, a row of five boys, all who had flunked world history at least once, and they were seniors, so they had to take the cat class. I mean, that, that was really hard. Yeah, really they, hard. they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there, they didn't yeah. want to learn, they were mad, they didn't care about world history, so I know it's hard. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, every kid, you're right, I mean, I think every kid yeah, has something that there they want to... There has to be something. Yeah. They want to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you've, you know, this is your last mm-hmm. year on the school board. Mm-hmm. So 1996 was your first six consecutive terms. Um, you've seen quite a bit, you know, over the education. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is, you know, no child left behind. How did that impact, you know, you you saw everything. I mean, I want to say you saw everything leading up to that, but... You know, in 1996, you were just getting into the school board, Mm -hmm. um, and you were learning quite a bit. And then 2004 happens with no child left behind, or 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you see the ripple effect after 2004? I guess, what changes did you see? And I know there's probably some bad, but... Yeah, I I, you know, the thing is about federal programs and ideas that come down. First of all, they're usually not real realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, no child left behind is one thing. Saying all children are the same and all children are capable of doing the same is another thing because that's not true. Mm-hmm. We all know we that's are not, not all true. the same. We're yeah. not all the same. There are different abilities, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to work to the best of your ability, mm-hmm. but you can't say everybody has to be the same. Yeah, that's. Or I hate to see some movement toward all teachers having to teach the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being like almost like I don't want them to become robots. Yeah. No, you I mean teach to your personality, mm-hmm. and and you have to do that to be comfortable. You know, look at Chris Holder, one of the best teachers who has ever been mm-hmm. anywhere. She definitely teaches in her own way. Mm-hmm. And what would be lost if if you said, well, you have to teach just like everybody else teaches? You know, it's all I don't good. want a teacher that scares like me. yeah. I don't yeah. want a teacher like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the you know teachers are their own person, so I just I just threw away when I was going through a box of stuff, all my notes from Northy. It just killed me. <laughs> I just looked at all that work, all the, oh my god! I mean every night. I mean yeah, you were probably because looking at kids, hours. Of, yes, yeah. the kids wrote a lot. I mean I insisted they write essay questions. That's long, another long change. form. Yeah, 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 really essay questions and trying to take facts and put them into some kind an of idea order. is not 140 characters or two right. sentences an right. idea is a, a yes. paragraph I mean, yeah. yeah and you know that was hard to throw all that away because I remember that hard work but it was worthwhile and I don't think you can spoon feed 
to teachers how they should teach and what they should teach in every instance. You know, we should trust them like any other profession. Right. I mean, they're, they've gotten to where they're at. Mm -hmm. They're accredited. I mean... If they're not good enough to do it, then they shouldn't be teaching yeah, for you. They wouldn't be in their position. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. You, there should need to be some trust, yeah. you know, given yeah. back to the teachers yeah. that, you know, yeah. you're going to do what's best for the children. Yeah. And the, well, the other big change is not, so, I don't know, it's still an ongoing thing, is funding, lack of their mm -hmm. of. And now the legislature, again, so they want to blame us for property taxes. Mm -hmm. They just want to point the finger. Yeah, and, they do. And mm -hmm. that, that's an ongoing thing. And it's, still going on this year <laughs> yeah and I have a feeling yeah it's gonna be an ongoing uh -huh. debate over the next few years mm -hmm. until we figure on out and on and on yeah so that's that's something that really surprised me and it's gotten in my opinion gotten worse mm -hmm. more control yeah more I mean control. like you said as Mike Lucas got here and was talking you know I learned you know quite a bit about mm -hmm. how the state money was going down and the property taxes were going mm -hmm. to have to go up to supplement that and mm -hmm. you just can't raise the taxes enough to and you don't want to you we shouldn't have to. to we don't you want shouldn't to. have to right. raise the taxes to do that you know that money should be available yeah. you know as important as education we're making it you know in the current times that we are people are making education out to be as important you know it'd be nice if they funded it yes like they funded, say yes like yeah, they like say they it say. is important well yeah like sped has never been totally funded by the state or the federal government mm -hmm. and you know you send people to talk to senators in Washington, oh, it's like it's a surprise to them. Yeah, like they've never well, heard yeah, about that. Uh, they've never heard that, you know. So if you ask schools to do more, then there has to be a way that it's financed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, you're asking schools to do more with less mm -hmm. every year. Yeah, that's and exactly And there's right. going to be a breaking point. I yeah, mean, I know. Eventually you can't. <laughs> yeah. And then you have a secretary of education who has no connection with education. <laughs> with education. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least not public schools. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's a whole other world. Yeah, Private a, school yeah. versus public school. Yeah. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a... Mm -hmm. A debate that I mean, everybody's claiming no school choice, but I knew growing up sure. here, I could have went to McCool yes. at any point in yeah. my, or I could have gone to Heartland, or I could have went to Utica, almost mm -hmm. at any mm -hmm. or cross county even. Mm -hmm. I could have went to another county if mm -hmm. I wanted to. So mm -hmm. this myth of not oh, yeah. having it's, school yeah, choice it's totally untrue. Is totally not untrue. untrue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and saying you can have a voucher and that's not real. Well, a voucher is whatever it is is taking money away from public mm -hmm. education. So yeah. I don't care what you call it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? can call it this cool word, whatever, <laughs> yes. but you're yeah. stealing money from yeah. the public school system. Yeah. So that's an ongoing problem. Um, so we'll jump in um, for enough a little bit about kind of the serious stuff. We'll jump into kind okay. of oh, some good. fun stuff okay. to round out the interview. Okay. Um, the, we have our rapid-fire questions okay. that I like to call them. Um, the first one is, uh, favorite restaurant in York County? Is there like a favorite place that you like to go eat, whether like when relatives come to town or if you have a friend show up? What's the place where you want to take well, you know, your guests? Well, I love chances are. Mm -hmm. So, I do. And the country club, you know, I also like the country club. Yeah, so. they, they have great, yeah, great food out there as well. You always forget about the club as mm -hmm. a... Is a food option. Recently, the Ford Bronco was released. Do you have any opinions about the Ford Bronco? Oh, I just remember watching the drive, watching and watching. My one sister was here, and Jack was at the base at baseball. The white Bronco. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that's all. I, that's all I think of. That's all you get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how um, the. Some people think about yeah when, it when just different went things on come and on up. And on yeah. And on. How many? Uh, yeah, that was like an entire afternoon, I suppose. Oh gosh, yeah. it was a, yeah forever. I mean, Jack came home from announcing, "Is this still going on?" Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's crazy. Yeah. Favorite meal? Is it is it a favorite meal from uh, Chances Are, or is there like a home cooked meal that you always meal. like to have? Yeah, my favorite meal is our Christmas meal. Mm-hmm. It's ham balls and pork and peas, which is a family family staple mm-hmm. from the tradition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite memory in York County? Is there something over the last, you know, oh, over wow. many years that is there something that kind of stands out as like a a memory that. I don't know if I can think of just. Or is there a few that you know come to mind? What were the ones that come to mind? Yeah. Baseball. Just it's just all of it. All of it because you know Dave. We watched David play uh, for years, and then we've been with the Legion forever. Mm -hmm. And you've been involved. And what have you been? Well, Jack does announcing, and he was the chairman for a long time, and now he's just on the committee, but you know still does a lot, Mm -hmm. announces and so on, and I. I do the administrative work for Cornerstone Baseball, which is fun. Yeah, you yeah. Know, sometimes doing the paperwork, Legion paperwork, all that stuff, and then make goodies when we have tournaments. Different fundraisers for the people and that stuff. Work there. Yeah. No, I just make oh, it just for, for the people that work there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is your reward for yeah, yeah volunteering. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just love I just love baseball. I'm sure it's because my dad was such a good ball player. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where so, it all started. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Um, have you heard anything much of Tiger King over this quarantine? Oh, I've just heard, is it violent? That's all? It's like this, uh... Weird? Weird, yeah. People don't even know what it is. I thought, oh, I don't know. I'd rather, rather watch Law & Order. Yeah, Law <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Some people have caught it. Yeah, um, it's just a fun question I'm asking some people. Uh, a favorite county, uh, favorite county or local event? Is there something that... You know, it happens every year in York, whether it's uh, the fair or York Fest or another community activity that you like to go to. What's something that happens, you know, annually here that's, you know, you would say something that you look forward to every year? Um, well, through the foundation, it's luck of the draw. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a lot That is a new one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a new tradition that we're trying mm-hmm. to grow around yeah, here. It is. Otherwise, sip and stroll is kind of fun, too. Sip and stroll, yeah. Uh-huh. Or like last Saturday. You know, shopping downtown with mm-hmm. the ESI kids. That's, yeah. that's fun. That's a fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. the sidewalk sales are always mm-hmm. yeah interesting. And uh, ESI camp was really good this year. I was they excited had some to good see. Things. Um, I bought some. They had a, a a bowl holder for like hot yeah. soup and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool and creative. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I thought this year's ESI project. Every year's ESI projects mm-hmm. are great. But this year, I thought definitely they had a little bit more time this year. They had two weeks, yeah. and I think that definitely helped with yeah, giving too, them yeah. some more time to f- have finished products yes, instead yeah, of I some first that. prototypes yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. Um, our next segment here is uh, one that I really enjoy. It's called "What's What's Making Us Happy," and it's a segment where we kind of talk about you know what's going on in our life right now that's you know making us happy. Um, and so I'll go first. Um, I'm really happy, you know, I've gotten back into bowling um, seriously um, this past year and so this past weekend I had a bowling tournament where I got to go down to Kansas City and I placed like top third wow. and so yeah, I was first first you. competitive <laughs> tournament that I've done in probably seven years and so um, it, was, it was really fun to kind of get back out there and, and be competitive again. So that's what's making me happy. What about you? What's what's going on right now that's oh, making you happy? Well, <laughs> it's usually a no day, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, all, what makes me happy always is you know my grandkids, my children, mm-hmm. my sisters, just talking to them, mm-hmm. FaceTiming people, and 
that kind of thing. And reading. I love reading. Mm-hmm. So it makes me happy. Like a re- reading grant makes me happy that I'm learning. Oh, and one other thing I just started to. Have you ever heard of Ollie classes through the university? You wouldn't yet. Cause you're young. They are. There's uh, like the audit classes where yeah, you can sit learners, in and you can yeah, audit for, them. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so usually, you know, they just have them during the year and you go to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Well, this summer they gave you a chance to have a, a short membership and it ends the end of July and you can get online on, Com- they call it Compass. So I took, I took, joined up and I took that on the 20s. Oh, cool. And it was, I loved it. It was five different class times. And the teacher was from Boston. I'm not sure. I know he was teaching to also a class of older people. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a college class. But I don't know if he was connected to the university, a university or what. But he was wonderful. Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved Just it. Just learned about that time period yes. and yes. You know, what happened yeah. and different yeah. policy, so social. So knowledgeable and he had stuff. lots of videos. Oh, and, cool. Oh, yeah. It was, I, would, I will do it again. The 20s sure. is certainly, yeah, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah and he know. talked about well, the uh, flu epidemic, mm-hmm. the Spanish flu yeah, in 1918. Right leading up to that. Yeah, and you know how, how deadly that It probably was. had a ripple effect into the 20s. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, he talked about how you could get, get it in the morning. You can be dead by noon. Mm, That's yeah. how vicious that was. Yeah. So it makes you feel like, okay, well, we can get through what this. We, yeah, I was going to say, what we have isn't quite that <laughs> yes, bad. Yeah. But, yeah. And I'm hoping before my subscription is up to take one on pre-World War II. Oh, cool. But they're usually an hour, hour, 15-minute lectures and, you know, five times. And it just, it was such a, a fun learning thing. I felt like I was back in school again. Mm-hmm. I guess that made me happy. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, um I was a minor in history oh, in, in, okay. in school, and so yeah, one of my favorite ones was history of sport. Oh, I took a yes. history of sport okay. class at the okay. university, and professor wrote the book. So like oh, he, re- it was it was a really great class. I mean, um, who was the professor? I, I knew you were going to ask. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I have his book at home, so I'll, I'll find it then and tell you. But yeah, I know. I'm sure I've. It's it's a great class. It was so much yeah. fun. Um, yeah, so I'll have to get you his information okay, so that yeah, way you can sure. figure that out. Yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah, thank you for your time today. You know, I appreciate um, you taking time out oh, of your day sure. to sit thank down you. with me and and everything like that. And then the last thing we have here is final thoughts. You get to close out the show however you want. You can have some words of wisdom, or if there's a quote, <laughs> or if oh. there's something that you want to leave people with. If there's an upcoming event, you know, however you kind of want to. Okay, Close it just, out. It's yours. Okay, I had in my mind written an, an, a letter I was going to send in the paper, but I haven't sent it. So I guess I want to leave people with the idea that, as I said before, we need to know the history of our country. We need to know the facts, and you'll be surprised at how interesting it is if you get like a biography of Grant, or next I'm going to read a biography of Hamilton. You know, all the things that no one person can know everything about. It's just interesting to know the facts about our country because it's a great country. So everybody remember that, will you please? Certainly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, 
be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you.